Hi, this is Bill Prater, and welcome to the Business Builder Show, where we feature champions of the respective industries from all over the planet. Our mission is to provide you with timely, provocative, and actionable resources that will inspire, promote, and accelerate your quest for business excellence. Today, we're going to talk about the power of combining scalability with flexibility, and we'll do that with Eric Sims. Now, Eric is, the, is a contract center outsourcing expert with over 20 years successful experience helping companies gain and retain customers through outsourcing top talent, techniques, and technology. He's the co-founder and CEO of Leading Edge Connectors, Connection, excuse me, Leading Edge Connection, America's number one virtual outsourcing contact center. Uh, Eric, it's fantastic to have you here, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be on the show. So tell me, uh, who uh, do you and your company serve, Eric? Yeah, so it's a it's a really wide variety of clients that we that we work with and serve. Uh, if you look at our our, our client facing side, right? So we serve our employees as well, but um, we we serve anybody from a B two B or B two C side of the sector, um, and it could be anything from anybody in the medical industry uh, to the legal industry to retail uh, or anything in between, really. And so it's. When you look at what we do with outsourcing, it's really anybody that has a need to uh, it have a high interaction with customers on the front end, back end, or both. Uh, and, in, and with our model that needs the ability to scale and flex uh, throughout the year, throughout seasons, to be able to do that and execute and hit their uh, numbers for the year. Beautiful. Now, uh, I know that because of the, your diversity, you've got a variety of problems that you solve. So give us uh, several illustrations of a uh, of the problems that these uh, your clients have, and then yep. how how you, uh, uh, what they are, and then I'm going to ask you after that how do you go about actually solving the problems you've identified? Sure. So if we kind of keep things in pieces, like let's look at a lot of our business was what we call uh, sales transformation, where we're working on the sales side of the house, maybe the customer acquisition type things, revenue generating pieces. And then the other piece being what we call our customer experience transformation, where you're talking about retaining customers and, and keeping those customers long-term and maybe growing that business you're doing with them in some capacity, or just making sure that back door is shut, right? So customers come to us because they have a bottleneck or break in one of those areas or a gap in one of those areas. It could be on the sales side of the house that they are having trouble scaling their sales side of the business with hiring great talent, executing on the sales side. It could be something as simple as um, they, they don't have their SOPs and their sales processes built out yet or, or with the market changing. Uh, some people come to us because, hey, we want sold everything this way. Everything's changed and we can't figure that out. Um, or it could be that we're just an augmentation of a staff that is being successful, but hey, we don't like having all our eggs in one basket, right? And so we'd like to keep 10 people in-house or 50 people in-house and also have 50 people working on the outsource side as well. So those are very common on the sales and CX side. It's, it's, we're filling, and I always tell people, it's the three T's. People come to us because they need talent, techniques, and technology, right? Either all three or one of the three, right? Um, and so, you know, that's where we have to be experts in being able to do that for a number of different organizations and a number of different industries and a number of different capacities. So we, uh, we have to have to have our hands in a lot of cookie jars and, and um, keep our, you know, the reason we call ourselves leading edge is we have to stay on the leading edge of what's going on with everything, right? And, and our goal is to take our partners to that place as well. 
So uh, give us a couple of examples, maybe even case studies of how you'd go about uh, solving a specific problem. So pick a problem, maybe one that you've already teed up or a brand new one, and just walk us through. Uh, we were introduced to the client in the following way. They came to our website, whatever. Give us the whole story. Yeah, so we, we, we have people come to us a number of different ways. I think our business is, is a lot like other businesses. It's, it's referrals, references, and, and RFPs, right? <laughs> Those are kind of the, the three R's as it would be. And we had a customer recently that was referred over us, to us by a competitor of ours that we have a relationship with. So we're in the same industry, but uh, we, we specialize in some different areas and with the marketplace the way it is. Um, when they saw the need, they felt like that we were a better fit to be able to match the need there and the time frame that was given. It was going to be a, a very quick move. Um, I can't give the name of the company because we're under an NDA, but it's it's okay. in it's in clinical research. Um, and so, in that capacity, they had reached a point where um, they were running a clinical research study. Um, the volumes of people calling in and emailing in and interacting with that study were astronomically higher than what they had anticipated, right? Uh, and they were not a call center. They had a call or have a call center, but they are not a call center company, right? They're in a different industry. But then like many people, when they grow, they have their own internal center. But this had expanded past what they had their, their the capacity to handle. So they were quickly trying to find a solution. Who, who can we go to that can plug into us, learn very quickly, connect to the technology, understand the processes that are in place, and also at the same time partner with us long term to help us put in additional best practices so that we can continue to service our clients. So it's kind of a Band-Aid in the moment and also a build out for the future, right? And so we were over the, over the course of uh, about 30 days or less, I think it was really about 21, we were able to connect, get the contract ironed out, get the plan in place, get all the training and development and everything else you need to go into to that, write out the what we call our ideal agent persona, go to market, hire 30 people to come in and augment the staff, train, get the technology put together and get these people on the phone to start uh, implementing the services needed to get rid of this bottleneck so that they can continue the process they needed to do for their customers. So that's an example of one on the on the care side. And I know that was a lot just kind of spitting all that at once, but our, that's our job, right? It's like we, we have to be hyper-flexible, hyper-scalable in those moments where people say, hey, listen, we needed 30 people 20 minutes ago, right? <laughs> and that's our typical customers. We need, when, when did you need this? When do you need this to start? yesterday. Um, and we're like, okay, we got it. Right. And so we understand there's going to be a bit of chaos with that, but with how we execute and the recruiting model and how we're able to execute in the technology field, uh, because of the way we're set up, we've built ourselves to be that way and fix those problems for them. Uh, another example, I think to be interesting on the sales side of the house, cause you're looking at things coming in and things going right. out. We had a, we have another client that's been and they're in the legal industry. Um, they do a legal service not illegal service, a legal, <laughs> a legal service. <laughs> Sometimes my Texas draw kind of makes things sound <laughs> a little different, but they are, they, they provision legal services, right. For people. And they are a connector in that. And, um, they had, they're a new company that was launching and starting on the West coast and progressively moving across the United States as they acquired customers and recruited the law firms that needed to come in. Um, to that to that company to service the work that was coming through. So they needed help with two things. They needed help with the customer acquisition and the customer management piece, and they needed help on the sales side with the acquisition of people to service this work for them as well. And they had reached an, a, a very big sticking point in their organization as a, as a startup. They could not 
um, internally execute what they needed to, which was causing the marketing to not be able to go nationally, right? They were stuck in one region. So we implemented our sales team and our, and our care team alongside their team. And within a period of 90 days, they were able to scale up and get halfway across the United States, hit their next mile marker, which was the big piece for them where they were able to get their next $100 million in funding, right? So we were able to, t to allow them and work with them to scale and hit those metrics of revenue uh, and retention that they needed to be able to get their next round of funding so that they could build their company out like they need to. So um, that was a very exciting one for us because we looked at that and said, hey, we're actually doing what we really designed ourselves to do, which is aid and work with companies to help themselves scale and grow. Uh, because our philosophy is really, if, if we can help you do that, we're automatically going to grow anyway with you, right? So those are two we're real proud of that took place in the last 12 months. Yes, thank you very much. I know that you get tons and tons more. Now, uh, you're in a very, very competitive industry. So yep. tell us how uh, you differentiate yourselves from your competition. And then and, and in, as part of that, why our listeners should be talking to you instead of somebody else. Yeah, that's a great question because I think that's what people are looking for when they go out to outsource, right? It's like, who, who's going to be a best fit for us and why should I pick this guy over this guy or this place over this place, right? Or why should I do onshore off or near shore or whatever their options are? And some of that comes down to pricing, right? I mean, it is it does go down to budget. Uh, but when you look at like what we're able to do versus our competitors, uh, before we started the company, we sat down and said, we've been in the industry a long time. What are the like reoccurring Groundhog's Day problems that, that are not being solved in the business, right? At least, at least holistically. And it went back to the pain points were talent, technology, and techniques, which is strange because that's what everybody goes to any outsource center for. But again, there was some constraints that weren't allowing for that. So what made us different in 2018 uh, and, and, and through, I'd say, the pandemic was the fact that we were fully virtual. We are a native, virtual, remote, U.S.-based company. Okay, which means we can provision high caliber talent anywhere in the U.S. with that geo footprint. Right. So we're not restricted to hiring in a certain region. It makes us far more flexible in the types of technology that we can implement because at most everything we do is cloud based like everybody else. It's not on prem anymore. Uh, it also affects us as flexibility and scalability because it does enable us to put a pricing model in place that's hyper competitive with nearshore and, and less expensive than your typical brick and mortar center on the US. So that's all great. The reason that I think that we're better than everybody else is this. We actually do what we say we're gonna do. Um, our, our teams buy in to, to the, the partners that we take on or the clients that we take on. We drink the Kool-Aid of each client that, that comes on board for their brand. And we've been able to build a team of people who have what I call gas, it's give a shit, right? Like they, they actually care about what they're doing. And, and that's not easy to do in today's market. But I think going back to our model and our belief system, it's allowed us to build a culture that, that goes in and takes really great pride in the fact that we are actually able to help businesses achieve their goals. And in that, we achieve our goals. We only achieve our goals by helping other companies achieve their goals. And in our system and our modeling before, the contracting and the connection that, that companies had because of the restrictions in the financial model and the situational model did not allow and still don't allow an outsourced call center and a business to really join in lockstep the way that LEC can with the organizations. That's beautiful. So uh, I, I believe, uh, Eric, uh, thinking about our listeners, that we've got a great understanding of, of your typical avatar. 
what your products and services are, love your acronyms. I understand totally how you differentiate yourself vis-a-vis your competition. So what I'd like to do with your permission is make a transition. And now we're talking business owner to business owner. And our listeners are wondering, you know, what was your catalyst? Why did you found the company? Uh, When did you do it? What were your major milestones? What kind of crashes and burns did you have? What were your lessons? What were you taking away? What were what were some of your, your philosophies? You've already mentioned one, and that is, you know, this culture that you've built inside to attract the right people to you and so forth. So it's going to be free form. And with your permission, I'll ask you a question or two along the way to get yeah. some clarification. But just uh, uh, take us down uh, memory lane, if you will. Yeah, I think so. I spent tw- about 15 to 18 years inside as an employee of, of the outsource world, right? Working for just two companies. I spent, I spent about 11 years with one company that, that I learned the business tip to tell. Loved being there. But I think as anything, when you're in something a long time, I've learned that, that you see contrast or you see things that bother you. And, and one of my belief systems is when you see something that bothers you, it's, it's just the universe's way of helping you identify things you're supposed to fix, right? And so um, as that kept popping up in certain capacities, uh, I finally had just an epiphany one day with my, I have a partner in the business. His name's John Giuliano. We had met working at a previous company and kind of parted ways and worked for different companies at the time. And, and we were having one of those online water cooler talk, conversations, um, you know, bitching about the stuff that, you know, is going on in the company. And it, it just went to a place where kind of my coaching hat went on and I've been doing some like executive coaching and some stuff on the side and said, listen, this is not a productive conversation. Let's do, let's do an exercise. And, and John and I know each other real well to do this. So we got a whiteboard out, drew a line down the middle and said, okay, we can't say that we hate this industry. We've been in it for 15 years, right? So that, that's ludicrous to think that we would just leave ourselves in that position for 15 years if we were that miserable. So let's look at it this way. Let's put on one side, let's put all the things that we love about what we've been doing for the last 15 years. On the other side, let's put all the stuff we hate, right? <laughs> And as we did that, we took a step back and said, well, there's a business here. What if we, on the right side with the stuff we don't like or hate, what if we agree we're either not going to do that stuff at all, or we're at least not going to do it that way if it has to be done, right? And on this side of the business where we see all this stuff that we really enjoy, right, building relationships, providing great service, finding cool technology, you know, moving the needle, what if we emphasize and expand all that? That's our focus. And we're like, that's leading edge connections. We came up with a name and just said, hey, let's do it. Now, we didn't have two nickels to rub together. Uh, <laughs> you know, so. It's, but you, it was, you did have a whiteboard. We did have a whiteboard. And uh, so and so we started that planning. And, and um, I decided to go ahead and exit the company I was with. John stayed on a little bit longer because we didn't have any clients. So the, the plan was, hey, we're going to, I'm going to pound the pavement until we land the first client, which is hard to do in our industry because some of the cycles are 12 to 18 months. So it was about a year um, before we, we got our first customer. And it was a, it was a big win. It was a, it, was a, it wasn't just me. It was some of the guys that, you know, were already part-timing with us. We had a couple of people that were moonlighting, trying to help. And we got a few people to, uh, that were family members to kind of drink the Kool-Aid with us early on, which, and, and I'll get to that in a minute, but we have, fam- we have a lot of family involved in business. <laughs> okay. So okay. that may be one of the ones where I talk about, like, you know, here's some, here's some tips, but it allowed us to gain that first little customer. And, you know, I think, I think our first invoice with these guys was like 5,000 bucks a month or something like that. You know, it was, it was little, um, but it, it showed us that we could do it. And um, I, you know, we, we had a plan in place. 
we had we had laid out some timelines on what we were going to do and the type of targeting we were going to have with with some of the clients we wanted to go after. We knew, and, and this kind of goes into some tips. One of the things that we knew early on was we're not going to be able to compete um, with the big boys in the industry, right? Like these guys have got major buildings, major uh, relationships. They can check every box on an RFP and they're good to get like they had it all right. And, and we had no marketing budget and no, you know, no travel budget, no, <laughs> no anything budget. But I said, well, listen, I know enough about the business to know this. Most of these guys only take deals X size and bigger. What if our initial market is going to all those guys and saying, listen, the stuff that you normally throw in the trash because it's too small for you, I'll take. And I'll pay you a commission on it even at that if you want it. And that's how we landed. Our first several accounts were they were actually deals that were too small for the other call centers that we had developed relationships with over the years. And we were able to, to land three, four, five deals initially like that to get us on our feet. One of your case studies involved that sort of cooperation sounded like. It did. It was a relationship we made in that exact capacity. They were um, much larger, had a huge marketing presence. They, they got leads out, out the wazoo and they were like, Hey, we get them all the time. We can't do anything with them. We're paying for them. If we give you the lead and you close it, we'll have a broker agreement with you and we'll, and you can pay us on that deal. It just helps replenish our marketing budget. Beautiful. Right. Beautiful. So we worked with what we had, right. We, we, we figured it out. Like we're not going to, we're not going to try to run before we crawl. And, and we had to test our technology. And we also understood like at the beginning, the technology we're going to implement is not going to be what we have a year, two years and what we have today. Right. Um, we, we have to get there. So um, it was, it was more of the baby steps, high five type stuff at the beginning. So uh, tell us uh, if, if, if you had, I'm sure, I assume you did have a couple of major failures. Uh, what were they? And then what would you learn from those? Yeah, we, we've had several. I mean, we've had, you know, and I, we, we, had a, we had a debacle this week moving from one payroll company to another. And I can share that in a minute. But early on, um, and, we, and our, our motto is, is failure or difficulties are just opportunities to learn and grow, right? So we, that's how we mentally approach those things. So we, I kind of get like this, even though they, they suck, right? You kind of like, all right, the bigger the problem is, the bigger the growth opportunity is, right? And that's kind of how we look. It's, we're in the problem-solving business, right? So we should be like that when it comes to problems, whether it's internally or externally. But early on, we, we, we landed a client. We got hooked in with some brokers, and we, um, we, we took a sales campaign that, we thought we could handle, we felt good about, it. and we do some sales stuff that's a little outside the box when you think of call center sales. We go all the way up doing full cycle enterprise level technology sales and enterprise level selling. So oh. you think of like a six figure sales guy, we have people in teams that do that, right, for, for large organizations. Early on, we took, I took a client on like that and we weren't ready. Um, we oversold ourselves, we overstepped ourselves and thought we could handle it. And it was, um, it was a great learning opportunity for us, and they were they were a startup too. So we all we both learned together what we didn't know going into it, right? Which was, hey, their market was totally different than what they thought. Our market space, we weren't ready for that market space yet, and we had to go back and learn a lot of what we needed to go do before we stepped back into that market space. So that failure taught us um, kind of that know your role and know your place type of thing, so that we didn't overstep that again as we looked at new clients. There were several that came in after that. We were like, you, you know, we know that we're not good at this yet. You know, this is not something that we need to do right now. Um, and, and so we were able to pass versus 
uh, play on those things because our deal, you know, in our business, salespeople, especially on that side of the house, they're hard to find, right? Like the talent's hard to find. So if we put them in a bad spot, um, it's, it's damaging beyond just that campaign. Like we failed on that campaign, but I've got a person that we failed in that career position that we may lose long-term who could have been someone that was an earner for us and for themselves for years, you know, because we poorly positioned them. So for us, it was a big learning experience on how to position ourselves and how to position our team so that we're setting everybody and our client, everybody up for success long-term. So uh, what's holding you back now, Eric? I, you know, I, I don't know that there's anything holding us back. I I don't, I, I think, Right now, um, you know, one of our focuses is, is growth still like we're, we are, this last year was our year where we finally feel like we have all the technology in place, uh, the team and the techniques to really go out and scale and expand our business the way we want to, right? We've, we've, we've puttered around that several hundred, 500 agent mark over the last year. And we really want to start getting into the thousands and really start getting into those bigger and larger campaigns and relationships. So the, I mean, the, the hurdle with that is just getting into those bigger conversations as an organization uh, and building those bigger relationships. Uh, and so we've put some focus on that, but that's, that's our big hurdle at the moment is just okay. connecting to more people. So uh, uh, let me circle back for a second about about your onboarding process with of your uh, employees, staff. Mm -hmm. So because I know you've got technology when somebody joins you and and they're physically saying Bellingham, Washington. Uh And uh, so do you guys package up a, a kind of a kit, a technology kit and ship it off to them? How's that walk us through one of those? Yeah. Transactions, a new, a yep. new, a new employee on new employee. So once they're, once they're hired, right. We, they go through a hiring process and they meet a lot of people and we put them through a several step process. And our recruiting process is pretty amazing. If you ask me. Um, yes. So what we typically do, and there's uh, each project we have may have different requirements, but if okay. you kind of like nutshell it and just say, Hey, generally, what do you do? We have a device that goes out to the agent. Some of our agents work on their own devices because the security requirements aren't a big deal. And we can just give them a thumb drive to lock things down. Some of them, we have to send out a lockdown device, Uh, but we send that out to them. And then they have a technical onboarding. Once that package arrives, member of our IT team gets on with them and walks them through how setting everything up, uh, making sure all the connectivity works, all the software is working, everything's being able to log into, all that kind of stuff. And then they would go into their scheduled new hire training, right? They go through an orientation and then a, a training with whatever project they're going to be working on. And so we, we tailor our trainings based on the program. We have one um, one onboarding training that we do for any, any of our people that's ours. Right. And then they go into a specific training for whatever project they're on. I would imagine. Okay. So, uh, uh, we got lots of people listening to us. We've got potential uh, employees of yours, potential customers, potential joint venture partners. So tell us how somebody listening, uh, Eric, would get a hold of you. Yeah. So uh, it, we're all on you know social media. We're on Facebook, Leading Edge Connections. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. The company's on LinkedIn. So you can find me at Eric Sims uh, on, on LinkedIn. Um, if you want to email me directly, my email is E S I M S at L E C the number four and then Y O U. So lec for you.com. Uh, you can go to our website, www.lecforyou.com and, and, you know, fill out a contact form there. Um, so we've got just about every way you need to, you can reach out to us. So, uh, we're, we're always looking forward to contacting new people and, and talking to new people. Absolutely. Good. So, uh, 
I've asked you quite a few questions, but I might have not asked you one. You were wondering why I didn't do it. So what would be that unasked question and what's the answer to it, Eric? Oh, man, you didn't ask me about my hat. You know, you didn't ask yeah. me about the, the black sheep hat. So um, I think I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of an oddball. Like I'm really casual. So, the, so one of my selfish reasons for opening a virtual company was I did not want to wear dress clothes anymore. Um, and my goal was to, you know, live in a ball cap and, you know, maybe golf clothes or, or workout clothes most of my life. But the black sheep hat for me is that I've, I've always been the black sheep of the family. And I, I like to see us in, in a good way as the black sheep of the industry. We want to stand out, do things different. Um, we don't want to be in the, in, the, in the mix with people. The black sheep is about being different, doing things different in a, in a good way, right, where we're doing things the right way. And then we get noticed because of that. So um, sometimes to a fault, uh, we, we want to push things forward and evolve and be new and different. So that's, that's our motto. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, thank you, Eric. Uh, I very much appreciated your your uh, business growth story, your your differentiation vis-a-vis the competition, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to be reaching out to you as a result of hearing you uh, tell us some of your uh, learnings over the years just now. So thanks again. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been fun. So for everybody, now let's focus on a single fact. And I think Eric really hit this right on the on the on the head, if you will. Businesses do not become extraordinary in a single moment. Instead, they get there as a result of the owner first learning and then applying a proven combination of having the right mindset of a dedication to a system of management. And number three, leveraging high performance teams. And that includes, of course, people that work directly for you and outsource opportunities like Eric and Leading Edge uh, Connections. Did I say it right? Yeah, Leading Edge Connections. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, thanks for listening. And Eric, once again, thanks for spending your time with us, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me.